and welcome to the All Japan Women's Destiny podcast. I'm your host, JD. Welcome to another episode as we go through the history of All Japan Women's Professional Wrestling through the classics episodes that you can find uh, on various places of the internet. I vastly encourage to follow along and learn and enjoy the history of this just awesome women's wrestling promotion of the past. This is a spin-off in conjunction with the Red Leaf Retrocast. That is the proper episode where these come from. It is myself and Kay running through the history of All Japan Women. And these episodes, we hope you enjoy our audio and our uh, discussions over the various wrestlers and the matches in which we go through the ages. If you like what you hear and you want more content, please consider checking out the Patreon. That is patreon.com slash redleafretrocast, all one word, where we also cover LLPW, K covers JD Star, various other uh, women's wrestling promotions of the past, and the project that the whole reason it exists is the Joshi 2010's journey, where we go through coming out of the dark ages of Joshi professional wrestling and really learning and having fun with wrestlers that we're very familiar with to this day to ones that we may have missed out on. I hope you enjoy the audio you're about to hear covering AJW. And if you want more, please, again, consider signing up to the Patreon and leaving us reviews over at iTunes, Spotify, and the like, all your favorite podcasting outlets in which you listen to AJW and the Redley Fletcher cast. Enjoy. Mr. K, I guess it's Mr. time K. we start introducing this section as All Japan Women Destiny here on the podcast proper. Ooh, Ooh. we're finally there, are we? Ah, uh, kinda. You know, I've uh, kinda. <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, we we caught we caught up on AJW Destiny to where you joined the podcast for a few episodes in there. Uh, your audio is way better these days. <laughs> I know. I'm not recording off of my cell phone. Yeah, yeah, this is way better. Uh, we are more well-informed with a lot of context, which is probably the most interesting part. I, I, I feel like I mention this every time, but it's always the most interesting part to my wrestling fandom in watching a lot of these, uh, well, some of the greatest matches in women's history. Uh, I'm kind of afraid to listen to my own audio from back then because I had a lot of information in my head, but not a lot of context for information. And then even some of the information I think I had, uh, I wasn't even right about some of it because I thought... Uh, so something completely different. Like I was not very versed on the '80s outside of Crush Gals. You see, <laughs> I, I'm way more versed on the '80s these days. But I still like, despite how much I've learned and how much I want to convey to the audience, I, I mess. I still have a bad habit of messing up dates, uh, what what order things have happened in. But uh, at least uh, the matches I can still <laughs> enjoy, and hopefully that gets a lot. Like for example. The most recent one we put out, this kind of the, the, the timeline here, was uh, watch the Crush Gals just beat the snot out of the Calgary Typhoons. Poor Yumi Ogura. <laughs> <laughs> Your fucking mid-favorite. She is such a favorite of mine, along with 
Norio Tateno of the Jumping Bomb Angels. Like, if those two so could team up, oh my god. Like, <laughs> be a dream team. Be the most mid dream team of all time. Look, man, I love Devil Masami, Jaguar Yukota. Like, Dump Matsumoto is like my spirit animal of violence, but. <laughs> spirit animal of violence is a good way to put it. <laughs> but when it comes to just kind of how Tateno and Ogura. You want to root for the underdogs? <laughs> I can't help myself. Oh no! no you're but you, 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 the, you just the, know the, in your heart. <laughs> you just you know he'll never win. <laughs> it explains why you like Jungle Kyoto. It's yeah. so KZ and the, all these. Other yeah, people. you got to take the small like tag title victories and. <laughs> you're overachieving mid carters. Work very hard. Well, get nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, this episode today we're doing. We we have entered 1992. Okay. Pivot year, I think, uh, for the most part, where we're starting to see the new stars be more defined. In AJW, for sure. And there's things happening in the scene as well during 1992. Yeah, JWP starts. Not yet, though. We're still too early in. It starts, I think, midway in the year. Yeah, but, the split the the split yeah. of uh, the JWAP and LLP dubs happens. Yeah, I think it's, uh, God, off the top of my head, I want to say it's April. JWAP? I want to say it's April off the top of my head. I can't, no, don't quote me on that, but I think it's in April when it's when it happens. Something like that. Think. Yeah. Off the top of my head, so don't quote me on it. Very pivotal year. And uh, I, on the Patreon, have an LLPW journey I'm going on. Very much similar to this one. Uh, watching a lot of shows. There's some tape trades you could get out there. Various matches. And... My next episode is going to be kind of a uh, a best of in JWP of Rumi Kazuma because she's a very pivotal. Ooh, yeah, yeah. She's a very she pivotal just, uh, connection. Passed away recently. Yeah, she just passed away. Battle with uh, bad health, and she was very pivotal to the start of LLPW. And yeah, uh, yeah she she began. She she was part of that split, part of uh, Kendori's crew, I guess you could say, and. Friends with Kandori, uh, I think it. I think the argument could be made that without her there, uh, LPW wouldn't have gone off the ground because Kandori was not the business kind of person. No, uh, that's that's kind of obvious. But yeah, sign up on the Patreon, Redleaf Retrocast, get these LLPW reviews. I've entered uh, 1993 uh, when the Ooh. joint shows start happening. So the the right. start, yeah, the the start of LLPW was kind of a rough one, <laughs> filled with a lot of speculation. Who <laughs> was Jim Cornette? <laughs> A, a joint show with a region <laughs> in Minnesota, Minnesota. But anyways, Minnesota. Yeah, you have to say it like that. There's no other way. I lived in the UP of Michigan for a little while, going to college. Oh boy, I'm so sorry. Yeah, Michigan's, Michigan's a terrible state. <laughs> Look, man, you you don't mess with the Upers. <laughs> <laughs> the Upers. Well, if I mean, you wanna, if if uh, it was interested in a little bit more of a 2000s, uh, recently I think we've released my recent episode of JD Star 2000, another very interesting episode. Achiabe fifth anniversary match. Yeah, I listened to it. It was it was. Uh, I, I've listened to last year your last couple episodes. They're very interesting to say the least. A good a good thing and a bad thing happens. Put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's kind of interesting because the the episodes are the one I did last time and this one are split between two different uh, portions of the same Kirk and Hall show. <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah, really interesting of, seeing what made invented and what didn't for reasons. Yeah, a lot of things get split up that way. It's funny how that works when uh, it comes to tapes. But we are here at Cork and Hall, a show called Cork and Supercharge. 
January 4th, 1992, Tokyo, Japan, of course. 1,500 in attendance. You know what? You know what's funny, Kay? Ah. Despite the popularity of AJW, or at least they're regrowing their popularity at, at this point in time, you think of like 1,500 in attendance at Corican. I mean, put that in perspective of like kind of what world we live in currently and watching Stardom get 1,500 at uh, Oda Ward, and we're like, oh man, fucking fantastic number, which it is. Then when Very you put fantastic it. Fantastic number for them. But it's it's going to be very interesting to see when everything starts to come back together, when that may happen, what these companies will be able to draw again. Will we see a 1500 at Corkin like we did with AJW here? It's such a such a difference what these crowds are. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think uh, I think I'll go out and have a bit of a hot take. I think Stardom eventually is going to eclipse attendance numbers for AJW like easy in terms of like what year or. I just think, think in general. I think if you hmm. take their peak and you're going to take where Stardom's going to be in the next couple of years, I think Stardom might start eclipsing, eclipsing them in terms of overall attendance. They're running bigger venues more consistently, and I, or, and I can't see that changing. I don't know. It all depends on how much they draw and to justify those big venues. Right now, it's like a perfect time for perception, but that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, uh, yeah. So let's get started here. Supercharge. I... Would go over the full card, but we we got we got the th- this this classics episode number fifty three. This this got what mattered. Um, we did not watch the Bat Yoshinaga tag. Thank God that wasn't on here. Yeah, you don't need to watch that. <laughs> uh, you know what? Let me let me in real time pull it up. Why would you do that to yourself? Uh, because I uh, I have my inner masochist. wrestling masochist. We've been over this before. You're a masochist. You're a masochist. You want to watch Bat Yoshinaga or terrible wrestling? Yeah, I even have the uh, the timestamps for these matches. Oh, too much detail. Too much information Opener. for a Bat Yoshinaga. Opener, K. Opener. Akemi Torisu, Kazuo Saito, Tomoko Watanabe defeat Kaoru Ito, Mayumi Yamamoto, and Miyori Kamiya. Some of these names may ring a bell. Uh, some of them ring a bell later when they change their names <laughs> to people you will recognize more. Yeah. Uh, also on this card that wasn't on the classics, the only other one that wasn't, was the Jungle Jack versus Bolnikano and Bat Yoshinaga match. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a good match only because Bat's involved. Well, it's going to be a lot of lumbering punches. That's what you get. That went 17 and a half <laughs> Lumbering minutes. punches? I, uh, I don't mind missing that one. I, I, I'll live. <laughs> Especially because what we get in this portion is uh, the better shit, the good shit. I would say this is probably the four best matches, especially the last two. I adored these last two. I have them written down as a like a nineteen ninety two match of the year, like a list. I'll be I'll be gushing about one of them when we get to it. Yeah. So the first match was Mariko Yoshida and Takako Inoue still sporting their their turquoise and stripes that look not so great. They look like a couple oh, clowns. Oh, it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, turquoise clowns. They take on and defeat. Now being known as LCO, Officially, Las Corachas, yep. Orientales, Etskomita, mm-hmm. and Mima Shimoda. 13 and a half minutes. Very enjoyable. This was the Takako Inoue show. Sure was. They're definitely trying to uh, continue to sort of push her as more of a, a figure. Maybe they're, they're, trying, they're trying to make her cutie Suzuki. They're cutie Suzuki. Yes, it's very, we've been very over clear. that. Yeah. Uh, I think the interesting thing I thought of this is um, they're officially now LCO. They've teamed it before, but now they're officially being announced as LCO. Uh, their looks are very different than what they will be. I think, uh, was it 
Shimoda is wearing the tuxedo gear. No, no, no. That was Mita. That's right. That's right. Get your facts straight. Because Shimoda is showing off them legs. Mita is doing the tomboy tuxedo look. It's so weird because when they get on later, it's such a different drastic look for both of them. It's crazy. But it's kind of funny to see which ones they're trying to push towards a different demographic. I think they're trying to make this sort of the 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 women like Mita and the men like Shimoda sort of group. And it it doesn't work that way ever. Got to get the uh, pulse on the audience. But uh, we're seeing a... I, th- this is probably the first match I recognized Mariko Yoshida's kind of improvement over the last, you know, six months to a year. I, I'm Because there's, there's, uh, there's another podcast out there may have re- referenced them before a few times, but it's uh, Victory Through Guts. They do All Japan Women as well. Uh, big Yoshida fans, or at least uh, one of the hosts. Uh, I personally just haven't been seeing it. I've been kind of waiting on kind of what they see. And I think this was the match where I'm finally starting to see that flashes of of how good she, well, is touted by them. Uh, but in particular, I'm still very much on the Takako Inouye train. She has she showed a lot of fire in this match, and that's when the crowd finally got into it. It was all about her taking on Mima Shimoto for a good chunk of time. She's hitting suplexes. She's hitting drop kicks. Uh, very much kind of the AJW style that's being developed here, where it's a lot of it's a lot more running and strikes. I've noticed. Yeah, they're trying to speed up their sort of style. We see it a lot more in the uh, the last two matches, especially, where they're just trying to, to go a bit faster. Granted, AGW style had never been slow to begin with, really, uh, but you're noticing the uptick in pace. Well, you remember in, like, 89 and early 90, uh, a very down year for AJW, uh, was around the time you joined, where, yeah, right. you know, you had Suzuka Minami, you had... Hota to an extent, you had kind of the shoot fighting nonsense, but there was still a lot of groundwork being done, almost like a certain Jaguar was not in the back anymore. Almost like. Yeah, uh, so that's that's kind of this weird sort of, we don't know the timetable when she's back, but we're starting to notice it more now. It's debating whether it's 89, 90, when that time frame is that she leaves the, uh, she doesn't leave the dojo fully, uh, but she stops training the rookies. Uh, I do think by the point we're in now, she's not even in the dojo anymore. Like she's kind of maybe helping out on some days, like she's like the general coach, but she's not really hands-on anymore. Right. I believe is the sentiment, but she's doing that at a protest because she wants to come back to wrestling. Don't blame and her. And she's under contract still. <laughs> And they're desperately trying to hold on to her because they JWP's popping off, and we'll see in the next couple of years they start popping off more, and they get more fearful for leaving, let her come back. Very interesting. And of all the people after this entire match, I guess it makes sense in hindsight because Takako got most of the shine that Yoshida actually gets the pin, and she rolls up Shimoda, which I thought was interesting from a booking perspective. I would think it would be. Mita, but as you said, they're trying to get Mita to appeal back to the female crowd. Yeah, so I think at this point, I remember reading something that at this point, they're as their popularity is starting to rise back up a little bit more, they're trying to desperately rope in most of that the female audience because that's where a lot of the money was originally. Now, Matsunagas are no, they're not smart when it comes to finances, right? We, we've established this with their history of, of bullcrap and them going under and everything, right? At this point, it wouldn't have been a smart idea to, to draw the women, the female audience, because they didn't have the money anymore. It was the men that had the money. 
Yeah, with the yeah, we're approaching that, or we're already kind of in that economic crisis time, and it's started, or it's at least starting. A lot of the secretary jobs yeah. and stuff where the women were working are now being cut, and the men, the salary men, are getting the ones of the breadwinners in the household. So it's almost like they're and like the the, the schoolgirls that they knew used to borrow their parents' money or that worked part time jobs don't have that money anymore. So it's kind of funny that they're still trying to pull in that audience, trying to harken back to the glory days of the crush gals, but we're past that time and that demographic doesn't have the money, disposable income that they are still thinking that they have. I I, I can't blame them for still trying to keep that demo up. Uh, look at us talking demos in 1992. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see it with Kyoko in a way. Kyoko Inoue was uh, primary. The reason why she's getting, or not the only reason, but one of the reasons she's getting the push she's getting is because they feel like she would resonate more with the women. She kind of does, but we start I, I, seeing I, I th- a, a th- shift think, in that. I think based on the reaction and push she got in 91 and what we heard in the main event of this show, where Kyoko Inoue was, I think she's capturing that. I think she's capturing a, a a younger demographic as well, which I thought was interesting. Just kind of listening right, to but the that, crowd. That sort of that sort of switches at a certain point. I think of memory serves where like the, the female fans get uh, disillusioned a little bit with her. I don't know what, if that's the the correct term there, but she becomes much more popular with with men. But I think she's the only one that kind of has a mixed audience. Uh, I think a good example of stuff like that is uh, you see some of the mothers, some of the current wrestlers that were fans of Inoue. I saw that Kid's mom being the more notable one, and even Momo's mom was a fan of Kyoko Inoue. So those, are, those are very interesting things to look at. Second match was Yumiko Hota teaming with Suzuka Minami. So we got a fire jet marine wolf coming together. They take on Debbie Malenko and... Saki Hasegawa. I don't believe we've seen. If we have seen her before, I don't remember. But this is kind of the first. I don't remember either, but I feel like I recognize the name, though. I definitely recognize the name. I just haven't seen a whole hell of a lot of her. And what'd you think of this? I think the first thing I noticed, and I even made the crack the joke when we were watching, is boy, Hota's gained a lot of weight. Just see it. I think you're kind of overplaying. <laughs> I mean, I, I, she's I, she's gained were... a little. It's it's not this astronomical she, she... number that you make it seem okay, like it yeah, is. A bit, a bit exaggeratory, but it's enough to be very noticeable with the tight singlet that she's. It's still the same singlet, by the way. She hasn't changed it. The same singlet. Top, I think, is at least the same. The bottoms are the only thing I think that changed. Yeah, she's got a new probably design. Of, probably because her waist. Probably because her waist size probably changed. So she had to change the bottom. <laughs> uh, but uh, Hota, uh, the big thing I noticed was Hota looked sloppy. She had her kicks, but she looked low effort, not really there. Well, she's uh, not raising. She's not getting a height on her kicks anymore. Uh, uh, very no. noticeable when Debbie Malenko gets in the ring and Hota just kicks. Well, literally her ass and her ass only the whole time. She used to get the upper back. She used to be able to get it up and hit hit the chest more, but now she's just thigh hitting, ass hitting, and she's not in there very long at all. This was this was <laughs> much like Takako Inoue in the last match. This was the Suzuka Minami show. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if they're trying. To, I don't think they're trying to push her so much anymore. As much I think this is by design that Hota just doesn't go anymore so well, I think she certainly wasn't in this match very much oh no 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 uh but uh poor poor suzuka Minami. she she got her ass beat she took a lot of bumps oh she took the brunt of the damage in the match but she did still get a lot of offense in herself uh, uh she, she definitely did i really liked suzuka Minami in this match she made debbie malenko uh, get a lot of time get a lot of offense in on her debbie looked good got the showcase not too much out of Hasegawa, 
maybe perhaps there was a, a good chunk of this match that was cut out. That's very possible. But uh, Hota, when she gets in, she stiff kicks Debbie a lot, uh, especially when Debbie. So what I mean is when when Debbie's kind of on her fours or she's down, this is where Hota throws very, very hard kicks, uh, like tags her in the face a couple times. Perhaps they look good. Perhaps they're a little stiff. Uh, I mean, it was awesome. But eh, it had me kind of cocking my head a bit. Uh, the one that definitely was uh, absolutely a, a tag was this like jab to the chin. And you just see Debbie Malenko's head just cock back and she goes down like she's been shot in her face. It was brutal. And it wasn't uh, too long after that Hota gets out of the match. She, that's kind of the last you see of her in the, uh, until the finish. That's where Manami just takes over and makes the makes the rest of the match and the other two look good. Uh Hota comes off the top with a wheel kick. Uh that's from Chigusa Nagayo. She used to do that. Uh capture German suplex by now Manami to pin Hasegawa. So kind of uh kind of what you expect as a finish. I I think this is the best uh, we've seen of Debbie so far, at least that I could recall. Yeah, she looked good. So, I I liked what she yeah. sh- what she showed here. But to your point on Hota, uh I want to look more into it, but I feel like she had a, a reputation for for shooting a little bit more like be a little more stiff than she should have been at times with people i mean it's very possible she was told to do that i don't know because we would have seen the same thing uh with other people i think no, that was the case it's probably just probably her thing the match went 15 and a half minutes so they got a lot of time they did uh i i just i, I so don't quote me on this but i remember reading something and i don't remember where uh, but that Hota had a rep for this, but that was like 2000s, I think is where I read that, like a 2000s era thing. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Different, I would want to look forward to different it. times in those early 2000s. Right, right. Kinda... And, she, and, and, and she had killed, she was like in the busy, busy uh, killing uh, Arsian. <laughs> <laughs> or what was left of it anyways. Right, calling to A to Z and then just murdering it. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Manami Toyota versus Toshio Yamada. This is like their... F- Third or fourth match against each other at this point. I believe it's their third. Okay. Tell me about it. So this is a I, this is the I believe yeah the third match and their series of matches that they will continue to have. Uh, this match was tons of back and forth, a lot of stiff kicks by Yamada, a lot of suplexes and really stiff looking drop kicks from Manami, a lot of crazy Manami doing shit off the top rope, and some of it landed, some of it didn't. Uh, they had the first portion of it went to a time draw, and then they the crowd the crowd was chanting uh, one more time or more time or something, and they gave them a ten minute extension, and then they hit the time limit there. The crowd continued to chant for more. They got another ten minute extension, and they hit the time limit, and that was kind of all they could do. Uh, I I think these two have the I think you noticed it here, right? These two have the best chemistry out of any two wrestlers I've seen uh, in this era. Period. Just they work so well with each other. They kind of know each other so well that they're they don't have to really think too much about their spots. They don't have to. They just kind of react almost on instinct to each other. And I really really like that. Uh, Yamada's got a lot of really nice kick sequences on Nami. Nami has a lot of really fiery comeback suplexes. Uh, she ends the final um sort of the final ten minute draw portion by hitting the Japanese Ocean Suplex, the movie that she passed on to Sakushi. Uh, but gets the time draw before she can hit three, which I thought was very cool. Uh, these two, 
we'll have another couple series of matches that will uh, a bit of a spoiler will end the same way until they get to their big match. And I think this is probably my favorite rivalry in all of AJW. I can see why because now I've seen I've seen it from the start. And with every match, I get super more into it. And them going to the crowd does too, right? You notice when, the crowd does too. They get they do three draws in this one match, and it's to me it was it like it roped me in, and it's so smart because they do like a twenty or twenty five or thirty minute draw, whichever it was for the first time. And Toyota demands a restart. Okay. Well, the fans demand a restart, and they both both Yamada and well, Toyota you see Toyota going. It to the fans to beckon for more and she gets it they trade more big moves this is when epic near fall start toyota goes full neck driver mode she hits three of these things like pile driver but just on your neck <laughs> yeah right and she does a, a what i'll call the moonsault kick she's going for a moonsault press but just fucking shin to head there's your second draw <laughs> And uh, Yamada gets the start this time. She pulls Toyota off the top rope because she's kind of hanging out there, like looking at the fans again. Yamada asks for the restart. She gets it. And then that led into, like you said, the ocean suplex for the third draw for 40 minutes. Yeah, I love this. This is uh, being added to the 1992 match of the year list. <laughs> so this match was a 20 minute match that went to a time draw. Okay, so they ten, like it's okay. a ten minute extension and another ten minute. Another extension. ten minute. All right. Yeah, it was it was kind of hard to get a gauge over the time. Like I was thinking, maybe they did thirty minutes and then two five minute extensions. Let's do ten minute extensions. Yeah, but uh, but this like I keep saying, this is like my favorite rivalry, and you're starting to see it, right? It, why this is my favorite rivalry in all of AJW. Uh, it has such a great build throughout the years. Because uh, it goes on for multiple years. It doesn't end just in 92 or 93. I think it doesn't end until like 95. Yeah, it starts, becoming, it starts becoming a big draw at house shows. You can you can become a tag see. team. They yep. become a tag team together. It's, it's, it's nuts. And it's easily my favorite. And I, I just love these two so much. It's great. Yamada's got new gear. She's got the black and yellow. I love it. It's a very good look for so her. So it has that crazy ass tan. The tans on this uh, on this show in January <laughs> were amazing. <laughs> Kyoko Inoue's got a wicked tan. Uh, Yamada here has a wicked tan, left over from probably the Mexico excursion. Uh, Mita's got Mexico. a tan. Hokuto's got I don't know that could be a spray tan with the hot stuff. She she looked a little <laughs> she looked a little red and ridiculous, but <laughs> it Maybe. is quite nuts. They're definitely going for a more tanned look. I think that was kind of the. I want to say it was sort of the style of the time. You can see a little bit in the 80s, too, like the tan sports athletic look was very, very in. On the volleyball, too, uh, as somebody who has watched 80s and early 90s Japanese women's volleyball specifically, uh, tan being tanned was very much uh, the in thing. <laughs> it is meant to show that you're an outdoor person. You're, you're always active. I think that was maybe, maybe why it caught on, maybe. Oh, I have no idea. Okay, I can see that, yep. And our main event... IWA women's title. <laughs> have you heard of that, Kay? I sure have. It becomes important later. Well, what's it about? Uh, I don't... So the IWA belt, I can't remember off the top of my head where it's originally from, but it's obviously not an AJW belt. I think they grabbed it from Mexico? And how do you think they got it from Mexico? I believe the promotion died and they just grabbed the belt and took it. I, I, I can't, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but I do believe it's a Mexico belt. 
that they have in their position, and it becomes sort of one of their uh, one of their belts that they use for feuds when the white and red belt are being preoccupied. It ends up being what Minami and Yamada end up feuding over. Hmm. Yeah, I don't have a lot of information on it myself, uh, but it looks like Chigusa Nagaya won it in Canada in Stampede Wrestling. Canada? So I thought it was a Mexico belt because I thought that they grabbed it from a promotion in Mexico that and folded. And then Medusa won it from Nagayo. Nagayo won it back, like, immediately. Then it was vacated. Medusa got it back in 89. Then it was vacated, and here Kyoko Inoue has it. I'm trying to think what belt I'm thinking of now, because there's a belt that they, I believe it, it was them that grabbed it from Mexico. It might have been JWP. There's a belt that comes from Mexico, a promotion that ends up folding, and the belt becomes part of the promotion. Well, Mexico is definitely known for a lot of belts that just disappear or reappear, and it uh, looks like Kyoko got this belt uh, by beating Debbie Malenko in uh, Mita. Event Mita Tokyo Japan. Hmm, okay, August ninety uh, one. So this was her first defense. Okay. Oh, all uh, right. Yeah. Twenty four minutes fifty three seconds. Kyoko Inoue defeats Akira Hokuto to retain the IWA World Title, whatever it is. This Canadian Mexican hey, thing. <laughs> this Canadian Mexican of unknown origin. <laughs> But the match was, I don't think this was as good as the Manami-Toyota-Yamada match. Uh, I definitely give that Toyota-Yamada match a 3 out of 3 recommendation. And I'll give Inoue-Hokuto a gentleman's 2 out of 3 recommendation. I don't think it reached the peak of Toyota-Yamada. They did a lot of good stuff. It, uh, it, lacked, it lacked a coherent flow to me, if that makes sense. I, well, I think first off, we gotta we gotta talk about Kyoko in a way's Saint Seiya gear. Oh, over Captain here. Kyoko? <laughs> Ca- Captain, uh, was it, what did I say? It was a great Captain Kyoko. <laughs> She's in this like all gold bodysuit with Pegasus boots, and she's got a striped mask that kind of reminded me of Vader's mask a little bit, but she's also got the cape. And she's a giant cape. And she looks ridiculous <laughs> oh you know what i'm thinking of the mexico belt i'm thinking of jd star's title the twf belt that's uh, what i'm thinking how of. could you mess up these things Kay? I can't believe you <laughs> i'm remembering it now because like i think it's like uh linus oscar in 96 like takes it from mexico when the promotion dies and just never gives it back <laughs> okay uh, just, uh, I, I don't know why i just remembered that but yeah yeah, yeah fucking uh saint say in a way over here I don't think it's a good look for her, okay? Call no, me crazy. I think the bodysuit looks bad. <laughs> it does not look good on her. It's a it's a little too form fitting and uh does not does not do good for her. It's very gaudy and uh plasticky looking, actually. Plastic's a good description. Akira Hokuto is still sporting kind of the ha- half lifeguard. She's got the sleeve going on now, I noticed that. Uh and she's got the karate sash. So Little little gear, just not. It's not. There's a subtle change, but not really. Uh, she hasn't Wait grown for her, her to hair just out. Come out. Wait for her to just come out and just not have lifeguard gear. Finally, it's yeah, just gonna happen randomly on one show. But I feel like I've been waiting on it since 1986. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, 1986 is a long time to be waiting for it. it didn't happen right away, dude. It's six years now. I need. I need Dangerous Queen to show. I think we're in the year that it happens. 92. Good. 
I think it's it. I think it's this year. If it's not this year, it's definitely the next year. I in my head about it, but I'm sure you're right. Uh, well, I know '94 is when she has the the match with uh, Tokyo Dome with it at all. So, so you said this is the year that you see a lot of these uh, top stars start to come into their own. You know what else is coming into their own during this promotion? Dropping people on their goddamn necks. <laughs> Hey, you know what? Uh, I remember me last episode saying Startup did the same thing. They're just dropping bitches on their head. Well, this Wonder is this is specifically the neck. <laughs> well, I mean, neck, head, same thing, right? I wonder where Startup got that from. Could only wonder. <laughs> uh, well, maybe they're watching a lot of Hokuto tapes because they aren't. She's not doing Tiger Drivers. She's doing Tiger Paws Neck Driver. <laughs> She's like, no, 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 I'm not going to dome you. I'm going to neck you. <laughs> like, everything was just... Okay, you know what we haven't talked about before? How hard this fucking mat is. Yeah, so they, oh haven't, changed, they haven't changed their ring. They haven't changed their um the, the mat yet. Like, the, the, the canvas over top. I haven't got to the uh, the pure heart... Or, uh, no, uh, was it not pure heart, pure wrestling? That's that's JWP. Uh, Victory Through Guts. We haven't gotten to the Victory no, Through Guts we, we logo we're yet. not in that stage. No, but that's when you start noticing the ring is a lot more stiff. I think we're starting to get there because Wait, the ring stiff. is very yeah, the stiff ring that becomes that becomes a thing. I think later with that, so I think we're starting to see the beginnings of that. Oh my god, it's stiff now. What are they going to be landing on bricks? <laughs> no, no, I don't. Th- I don't think it's. I think what I mean more stiff, like more stiff than they had been years prior. So I think this is about where it is when they change oh. the mat canvas. This thing's brutal. Hokuto near the end of the match does her flipping liger sent on. That she loves to do these days. Uh, she clearly watched a Liger tape and was like, I'm doing that from now on. She does one to the outside. Uh, but she she she's kind of got the match won at the end. She does a flipping senton. Ho- uh, Kyoko, in a way, just kind of shuffles out of the way. Hokuto hits this freaking mat. And she, you just hear the bam. And she bounces awkwardly. And it's just she might as well be landing on the hardwood floor. Uh, I can't remember why they changed it. I think it's because it was cheaper. Oh. I think that might be why. And they wonder, the they wonder why these like women can't can't walk. <laughs> hey, I think Manami Toyota is doing pretty well for herself. Wow. She can still walk. I, you know, maybe Manami Toyota flying to the outside all the time was to avoid the stiff mat. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's a wonder on that, that the floor is way softer. <laughs> it's it's a wonder how of all of the Joshi legends, she's the one that has no like actual lower body issues. As much. I mean, she still kind of has them, but she's getting old. But she's like a normal walking, functioning adult still. <laughs> definitely, I'm definitely going with the conspiracy theory. She she was flying to the outside to avoid the mat because at least people might catch her. And the I've established in my head canon, the floor is just as hard or softer than the mat. <laughs> I guess. I mean, you could, you're not entirely wrong. This mat was very stiff. I could definitely hear it. It reminded me of uh, me of the modern Diana ring with how stiff it is. How, I'm sorry, tuned, as some people say it is, which is like the wrong word to use for it. Do people really say the Diana ring is tuned? Yes, it's not tuned. It's just dirty, old, and beat up. Like, if you pull up the, those wooden boards underneath the ring, if they were rotten, I'd believe you. <laughs> they're probably not rotten, but they're probably beating the hell out of. That's that's for sure. Uh, I mean, it's a cheap ring. When you when you can tell it, I think when you watch enough wrestling, you know when a ring's cheap, it's tuned, and when it's like a, a fresh ring. I think you can kind of pick up on at least some of the sounds, right? 
Oh yeah, it, it's it's like me bowling on a uh, synthetic wood lane as opposed to a real wood lane. There's your bowling, yeah, there's your bowling like reference for the day. Come on, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to pick that up. Ah, <laughs> throwing a urethane ball down the lane instead of reactive. All right, enough with the bowling Fuck references. A urethane I'll ball. go, I'll go into the geology references another day. So uh, Hokuto's <laughs> dropping Kyoko in a way on her neck, trying to paralyze her on purpose. Uh, followed by a powerbomb neck driver. Uh, then she follows that up with not the best tiger suplex you've ever seen. This is where she. Uh, uh, goes into the missed top rope senton spot, and Kyoko busts out the clover leaf spin. So, think of you got them. Uh, you you have them in the clover leaf submission hold, but instead of flipping over, you just go into the big spin with the clover leaf. Drops her signals for the fire thunder bomb, and does not drop Hokuto on her neck. I guess she. Uh, <laughs> had a, she's nicer to her opponent. <laughs> she's not, Kyoko is much nicer to opponents than Hokuto. Uh, pins Hokuto, and Hokuto does the kick out at three point one little shtick there. Uh, you see that a lot in AJW currently. Uh, you see a lot of particular wrestlers in modern Joshi. Uh, yeah, mean, with namely Aroha uh, and uh, Chihiro. <laughs> Wonder where yeah, they got yeah. that from. You know, you don't. What you wonder, right? Who trained him? I wonder. Yeah, people from this gen. <laughs> anyway, well, at least one of them. <laughs> I mean, the eighties and nineties. I guess. I guess. Yeah. I mean, Mako was late, but yeah, I guess. Same philosophy doesn't really matter. Same philosophy. Kick out a three point one. <laughs> don't see Sukas Fujimoto to win that. So yeah, I did. I did. I did vastly enjoy this as well. Uh, two out of three recommendation. It's on the 1992 match of the year list. Uh, very cool. Yeah, but I still feel like the Yamada Minami match was way better. But yes, I'm also a mark for that entire feud, so. I agree it was better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, look at me. Did I mention how long this one? I think I did. Shit. I probably did. 25 minutes, yeah, just about. Matter. Yeah. Ah, well, that does it for AJW. Nice little long conversation there. 